Good evening. We are not going to be in First Peter today. In fact, we're not even going to be in Second Peter. We're going to be in John. We're going to be in John, chapter eight. John chapter eight. The Bible tells us in John chapter eight, verse thirty-one. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Of course, this is uh, one of the verses, that, that's the verse that's on the front of our discipleship material, continue. It's talking about continuing in the word. You know, as we are gathered here on July 3rd, you know, t- tomorrow we will be celebrating be remembering the freedom that we have as Americans, the freedom that was won in the Revolutionary War, the war for independence. And 1776, tomorrow, signed the Declaration of Independence and risked everything, put everything on the line because they understood the price that needed to be paid for freedom, and to be free, free from tyranny and free from from the overreach in the oppressive government of the, of the English crown during that time. And I thought about that. You see, one of the quotes that comes up is that to rebel, to rebel against tyranny is to, to, be, to do the will of God. And, to, and I thought, you know, maybe... Considering the circumstance, it might be said so, but as we think about that today, what would we define as tyranny? At what point is it overreach? But there was a price to be paid to be free. And Jesus, of course, paid that price for us as believers. We died upon the cross, and he took the penalty for our sin. And he's speaking now to those Jews which... I believed on him, though he hadn't gone to the cross at this time, but it says, and Jesus, I'll start in verse 30, he says, As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Let's take a look at number one. It says where we are to continue. He gives the command, he says, If you continue, continue in my will, not if you're here and it's pleasing to you, but you're not going to go and do it. But you need to continue therein. You know what? When I read that word continue, it makes me think of James one twenty-five. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. When we come to the scriptures, when we come to what God says, it's not enough just to say, yes, God said it, and that said it, well, God said it, that does settle it. It's not enough just to say, God said it, said it, and that settles it, and then do nothing about it. Going back right over to James, so let's go over there, it's James chapter 21, or excuse me, James 1, excuse me, not 21, you'll be Hard pressed to find a James 21. <laughs> uh, James 1, and we'll begin reading here in verse 
22. The Bible says, And be ye doers of the Lord, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the Lord, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, he being not a forgetful hearer, but there. First of all, he continued there, and he being not a forgetful hero, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Here the Bible says, hey, this is like the word of God is like a mirror, and it's gonna you're gonna go and when you read the word of God, it's gonna show you what's on the inside. And let me tell you, when the God of all heaven and earth speaks to you, don't brush it off. Don't ignore it. This is something that shouldn't be ignored, something that shouldn't be aside, something that shouldn't be taken lightly. This should be something that we should consider very seriously and very special, that God would speak to us. If the president called, we want to be, hold on, uh, sorry sir, I'm going to for you later, I'm kind of busy right now, wrapped up in my own thing. We want to do that. We, do, we tell everyone, hold on, if the president of the United States called. I gotta answer this. This could be important. But how much more so when it's the God of heaven and earth called and speaking to you? You wanna brush it off, not brush off speaking of the Holy Spirit. Just going back here into to John chapter eight. It says if he in if he continue in my word. In his word, if we can come and we continue, not in, well, I came to church, although you should be in church, and I'm glad you're here tonight. Well, you know, i continuing in my good works, in my my uh, social outreach, kind of, for say, my charitable giving, no, no. Those are all important, but nothing like continuing in his word. Being a hero. And not just a hearer, as we read, but a doer also of his word. Then are we continuing in his word. Then are ye my disciples indeed. How do we know when we're his disciples? When we're doing what's in his word. The Bible tells us, tells us that if we love him, we keep his commandments. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. First John tells us that commandments of God are not grievous. Jesus said, take my yoke. I am meek and lowly of heart. It's not a heavy yoke. It's not a burden. In fact, when he's speaking to the Jews, to put it into contrast, in Acts, when they were talking about, oh, boy, you know, should, these, should the Christians, the people that are believing in Christ, should they be made subject to the law of Moses, or or is there some other law? And and then I believe it was Peter who said, "Look, the law is something that we can't even keep. We're Jews. We've grown up in this. This has been our way of life since we were born, and for the thousands of years before that, and we still can't keep the law. So how can we expect?" people who don't know the law to be made subject to the law. We'll ask that 
wisdom because now we're not subject to the law and I can eat bacon. I like bacon. Okay? But we continue. Since now you my disciples indeed, not because you are under the law of the letter the letter of law, but the under the law of grace. You see it's neat, it's lowly of heart. It's not hard to continue therein. And yet, when speaking in comparison to what other religions would require, the working of the Holy Spirit did not require us to do all of that. It says, To continue my word, then are you my disciples indeed. First Peter 2.16 says, As free, not using your liberty as a cloak of maliciousness, but as servants of God. We have the freedom to be his disciples. We're not constrained and we're not bound to carry a heavy law to go into. Not do this and do that. And It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's just following the Holy Spirit. You see, we're not bound by the law to follow it. We can free to be Christ's disciples. So then are you my disciples indeed. Verse 32 of John chapter 8 says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Well, how are we going to know the truth? Well, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Well, how do we know Christ? How do we get to know the Lord Jesus Christ through his Lord? When we continue in his word, and we're in his word day and night, and we're not just hearing it, but we're also doing it, then we'll know Christ. Then we'll know him. See, as we do his word, we'll get to know him better. We'll be acquainted with his grief and with the sorrow and the sufferings that Christ bore, but also the power that came, that comes through only God, through only Him. Then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. We remember that we're talking, we're going to be celebrating our freedom tomorrow. Remembering the sacrifice that was paid for our freedom. Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice for us so that we could be free. The Bible tells us in First John, or excuse me, John 1, 14, it says, And the world was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He's full of truth. In him there is no untruth. The Bible tells us that if, that if we say that that we don't sin, or that he, that he is, is, then the Bible says his word is not in us. Why? Because it's only natural, it's only fitting that we admit that, yes, all have sinned, because that's in his word. We say, well, we have no sin. Well, the Bible calls us a liar, and says his word is not in us. But we beheld the, the glory of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. Jesus was full of truth, full of grace. Boy, we see that every time he, he spoke, every time he was speaking with the Pharisees, well, he was gracious, but he was also truthful. 
says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The Bible tells us in Romans 18, for the law of the spirit of life is in, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Paul, of course, talked about these laws. He talks about the laws, two laws working in him. The law of his flesh and his, uh, his members wanting to do that which we shouldn't do. And then the law of his mind telling him, no, that's wrong. You need to do what you ought to do. He said, answer the please, O wretched man that I am, you shall deliver me from his body. Goes on to thank the Lord Jesus Christ that we have deliverance through Christ. There is the law of the spirit and the law of life and the law of death. Sin. But Christ has made us free from the law of sin, the law of death. Through his son. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Verse 33 of John 8 says, They answered him, We are Abraham's seed, have never been in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, we shall be made free? Well, just a little bit of history. Uh, let's see here. Went down into Egypt, you were in bondage for uh, 400 years and came out. Then you were in bondage off and on to the time of the judges. Then, then uh, the Assyrians came, took the northern kingdom. Nebuchadnezzar came and took the southern kingdom. You were released, and now you're under uh, Persian rule and then Roman rule. Yes, or Greek rule and then Roman rule. So at this time, they're under Roman rule, and they're saying, we've never been in bondage to any man. Okay. I'll say to you that you shall be made free. Earlier, just two chapters earlier, John, they, in fact, they wanted to take Jesus and make him their king so he could deliver them from Rome. And yet here they're saying, we're not in bondage. The blindness there. Contradictory. Jesus answered, then saying, Verily, verily, I say to you, Whoso committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. And if the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Here he says, Well, if you're going to commit sin, if you're going to do what's wrong, then you're the servant of sin. But if the Son make you free, the Lord Jesus Christ make you free, then are you free indeed? Freedom that can't be taken away. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 6, verse 14, it says, for, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves, yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin, of death, or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart the former doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you are become servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men, because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members 
servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity. Even so, now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. Here he's telling us, look, now you have the promise. When Christ came, he delivered you from the law of sin, but to heal you with the force. Are we going to yield ourselves ser servants to sin? The Bible says that we have to yield. Well, that's a deliberate action. When you're driving and you see the sign that says to yield, we all understand that means we are going to either stop or we're going to give it right away to those who are coming and we are going to yield that to them we're not going to try to take it hopefully or seize it unduly but we naturally we will yield that when i yield to someone i agree to do what they're asking we have to yield ourselves to obedience to obey christ to do what is written in his word. If you continue in his word, then are you my disciples indeed? Wait, how can we yield ourselves to the word if we're not continuing therein? If we're not hearing it, and reading it, and studying it, and doing it? And that last one is the most important, is to do it. Because there are plenty of people who have read it, and studied it, and yet they don't do it. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 5 that, that if we go and we teach the Word of God and we don't do those things that we teach, the Bible says we're the least in the kingdom of heaven. But yet if we go and we teach and do what we teach, well then it says that you'll be great in the kingdom of heaven. So how we do it on yielding ourselves to Christ, using our liberty, using our freedom that we have as Americans and as Christians to do good, to do what's written in His Word. Or we say, well, you know, I can't do it because I'm not in His Word. We'll get in His Word. Be continuing therein. Hearing it, go forth and do it. The Bible tells us how to use this liberty, this freedom. It says, in Romans 6.22, says, now being made free from sin and become the servants of God, you are your fruit unto holiness and to the end, everlasting life. The fruit, the results, the, 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 the end product of being made free and using our liberty is that we would have holiness to God, that we would be holy, that we would live lives that are holy and pleasing and then resulting and then when Christ comes, He gives us everlasting life. The Bible tells us in another place in Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 it says, For brethren ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. How can we be using the liberty that we have through Christ? We can use it to serve one another, to minister to one another. Because we're not bound by the law. You see numerous examples of how the Jews, how they were bound by the law, couldn't do good to their brethren. Of course, Jesus would always 
would see him, like always, go in on the Sabbath day, and he would heal someone. And boy, that got the Jews riled up. Boy, that made the Pharisees unhappy. Not because he was doing good, but because he was working on the Sabbath day. We're not under that, those laws. We're not under that bondage that's going to withhold us from doing good to, our, to one another. It's going to withhold us from serving one another. The Bible says that we're to use our liberty to serve one another. The question comes before us today. Are we continuing in His Word? Are we in His Word daily? Are we learning more about Him? And is it not just enough to have it here in the head, but it needs to be in the heart that we'll go forth and we will do His Word, what He tells us? Who are we? Yielding ourselves servants to sin unto death. Because there's only two choices on the shelf to serve God or serve self. If we're going to serve ourselves and yield ourselves to sin, or we're going to serve God and yield our members' servants to righteousness and holiness and life. So as we close in prayer, say take time to examine your own heart. And as the Holy Spirit has spoken to you tonight, respond to him. Just as you would respond to the President of the United States, or how much more so you respond to the God of heaven.